First off, uh, you teamed up with with uh, Delete Zeke and Juno on your most recent release, Wide Eyes. And although you three have collaborated with each other in pairs uh, before, like with Juno, uh, Juno and Zeke on Nowhere to Go, or you and Zeke on Home Switcher, Wide Eyes mark marks the first time that all three of you kind of have come together. So I'm wondering, were there any ideas that were scrapped along the way on the road up to making Wide Eyes? This is not true because we actually made a song, all three of us together, called Back Off for the form all-nighter compilation gotcha okay well, i already fucked up in doing research but so you actually need to do some better no i'm joking but right okay yeah that song doesn't have zeke vocals on it though so i guess you could say it's the first song like all three of us doing vocals but yeah what was your question were there <laughs> were, were there any like ideas that were scrapped along the way and uh, up to making white eyes yeah, yeah yeah okay so we're like best friends and we call ourselves like the spectral transitioning um team because it's a whole backstory and i'm not going to get into it but we just that's what our like three name is and we just like play video games sometimes like we used to play overwatch together when i had a pc um but yeah we've like always talked about making more songs together and we've like thrown around samples and stems and stuff and like wide eyes was the first song like i made that song and i was like Oh, I want Juno on this. So I had Juno on it. And I was like, what if we got Zeke on it too? And I was like, oh, that's so smart. That's really it. We haven't really like made any full songs or anything, just little ideas. But definitely want to work more together in the future. With Wide Eyes, uh, you showcased your own vocals and production, as well as some really awesome visuals, like the like the How Wide Eyes Was Made video. That was fucking hilarious. But I understand that in addition to producing, singing, and creating visuals, uh, you're also pretty talented at dancing, and you've even gone as far as to win a handful of dancing competitions as part of your school's dance team. Uh, so I'm wondering, similar to dancing, are there any other talents or interests of yours that the average listener might not know of, or maybe you're looking to, tr- to showcase more in 2022? Wow. That's a great question. Well... I do skateboard, so that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm skating with some friends after this interview. Um, I suck, like, ass, but it's okay. <laughs> but my dad is, like, a skateboarder, so I kind of, like, took after him. Really love playing Minecraft, and I was, like, number two ranked Skywars Minecraft, like, in one month, like, a, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, or like three. I don't know. It was like the worst month of my life. It was so much work. But <laughs> and uh, between uh, gloves and wide eyes, there was about a six month gap. A six month gap where you didn't release any music. So I'm wondering, was that a result of being a little bit demotivated, or? Yeah, I had like really bad writer's block for like right after I dropped gloves. I just like I really liked that song a lot, and I was like, ever I have to just make sure that whatever I put out is going to be like topping this and everything i was making i was like i don't think this is as good as gloves or like i i don't know i'm worried people aren't gonna like this because it sounds too different than gloves like people only want songs that sound like gloves now just doing a bunch of industry shit like talking to labels and doing all this stuff and it was just like super like i don't know it just put me into this like bubble where i was just like i have to make songs this certain way i have to do this i have blah 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 blah. and i wasn't really like creating as much as i wanted to but then, like, after Wide Eyes came out, it was kind of like, I realized people like that song, so I was like, oh, I can just do whatever I want. So now I'm like, actually, I'm finally over my writer's block, and I'm making a lot more music now, and I'm going to drop new songs soon. And I have one coming out very soon that it's, I'm announcing soon. So That's awesome. That's good to hear. I feel like a lot of people sort of get that like feeling of like... um like scope creep that comes with like creating music like for example like you like start out relatively simple and then continue building on it and to a point it just reaches like a level of complexity you just can't continue to expand on any further so i'm wondering like how do you like 
even now that you've like potentially gotten past sort of like that writer's block, how do you like break out of that when you get that feeling of like, oh, this isn't as good as like my previous release or anything like that? I, I like really listen to like a huge spectrum of music. So like for me, I just after gloves, I realized I just like wasn't listening to as much music. I was just like, I need to just sit down and like listen to more music. So I was like, I, I spent like a couple of days like just trying to find new artists and looking through Spotify playlists and like finding more inspiration. And I was like watching documentaries and youtube videos and stuff and just like trying to put like my mindset in the place that i was like before gloves and like last year like i have this problem where it's like a big problem for me why i don't release that much music is like i start a zillion little ideas and i never finish any of them and my manager always gets on my ass about it he's <laughs> like dude you've sent me like all these ideas like can you just finish the song <laughs> so I feel like any creative can relate to that of like, oh, should I finish this idea? No, let's like make another one and then not finish that one as well. Yeah. As the new year has been ushered in, we've seen a lot of uh, lists documenting what's in and what's out for the new year. Uh, so I'm wondering, like with a whole year spread out in front of you, what do you think are some production techniques or musical tropes that should get out? Pop people need to stop getting, what's his name? Fucking Travis Barker to do every single pop punk song in the world. Like, dude, it's... I, okay, cool. You're doing your pop punk phase and now you're going to get Travis Barker on your song. Except for underscores. Underscores is cool. That's allowed. But <laughs> um, everyone else, like... When we do it, it's okay. Get another drummer or, like, do something else. But I think pop punk, like, there's a huge revival of pop punk. And pop punk is awesome, so that's cool. But some, like, people just aren't doing it as good. And I think... I feel like that's going to fall. Like, everyone who's in their pop punk phase now, like, I think Machine Gun Kelly's actually going to go back to doing hip hop. Um, and he's going to suck. I mean, considering he got bullied out of the genre once before, I wouldn't be surprised if he was back. Yeah, so... Hyperpop's gonna change because I think some of the hyperpop sounds are, like, getting repeated a lot. Like, now that it's going mainstream, like, people are starting to put, like, hyperpop stuff into their music and you can definitely hear it. It's, like, super based in the PC music stuff. So I think glitchcore, like, artists are gonna start getting a little more mainstream, too. And then uh, on the flip side of that coin, what do you think are some techniques that deserve some more love this year? Dubstep. We need to bring back dubstep in pop music the old like 2010 songs that had like dubstep wobbles in them are so sick mm -hmm. like that needs to come back we do have some questions from chat um bryce bryson per one dot has tipped seven dollars and asked random question how tall are you Kamo? i am five nine mm. that's how tall i am yes and zeke is full five two five one zeke is five <laughs> two yeah, it's crazy. Oh they God. lie about it everywhere else. Does that make Jesse like four foot eleven? <laughs> yeah, no, Jesse's so short. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's insane because that photo they posted next to each other looked like a. No, yeah, way. it's a literally Photoshop. They stretch themselves out. It's so dumb. Does it make Juno like five foot three? Because I don't remember. I don't remember them being five foot three when I met them. No, they're like four ten, but they just like wear like these like um, platform shoes and like risers, <laughs> and they just like pretend foot tall risers like lady gaga shoes with their like their pants and their shirt to like make it look like their legs are longer it's and then uh on the topic of production historically a good handful of your songs have taken on a sort of like second life as their acapellas are remixed into a whole boatload of other music i remember even like search a dream in our interview even like mentioned that like uh it's okay guys you don't have to use the gloves acapella there are other acapellas that exist uh so i'm wondering what was your initial reaction to having your vocals be so widely adopted by other artists it was of shock to me at the start because I sent the acapella to like one person and then it just like started people started sending it to each other and then it like spiraled out of control but I don't know Quantic told me like when they make beats they would like 
use my Among Us cipher acapella on like every beat they made to test if it would sound good with vocals, um, which is so hilarious. But and then there's that Quantic song with Dolly has like my vocal chops in the background. How to Lie by Zeke is like the vocal chops, and that is like me breathing in gloves. That's all. It is kind of weird to know that like your voice is like one of the most like widely used in the entire community even like beyond your acapellas like stuff like little like voice clips like um remember you saying like can i get one imposter sandwich with sussy <laughs> mustard at the beginning of like that one crafter 2011 you know song? i i listened to that song and i didn't even realize that that was me saying that until like months later and i was like wait did i say that like is that me saying that because i don't even remember saying that i say so many things what was the content what was the context of that i was i don't even know how they got that clip because i was in like such a small private server and i think my, i was home alone and all my like family was gone and then one of my friends was like can you yell something and like say something and they just like screamed can i get one imposter sandwich with sussy mustard yeah but it's it's really weird like all my acapellas are in lots of songs but it's like super cool to me like it's really cool hearing like all the ways people use my vocals it's like sick that my music is taken on like the second life like that i feel like the gloves acapella has like let the song live for so much longer like that song's almost a year old now and it's literally like doesn't even feel like it because everyone's like always remixing it with like twerk nation and all that stuff yeah on a similar topic beyond people just remixing your vocals uh, what are some of your favorite or maybe funniest interactions you've had with people that listen to your music so far I got noticed in public once and it was like a month ago and it's like the weirdest place ever because it was like a random Walmart and I was standing outside of it and like the guy like walks out of the Walmart and like as he passes me he's like I like your music bro and I was like and he just like kept walking was it like an adult or was it like somebody like our age it was like an adult like <laughs> I was like oh thanks and like I didn't even process so that was really weird the I show speed thing that just happened is so strange. Yep. Cause like I was, I was downtown, like having dinner with my girlfriend for her birthday when that happened. And it was like the craziest thing ever. Cause of my phone just starts blowing up and I look at the notifications on discord and the twerk nation VC. is just like loaded. Like I've never seen L in the everyone's stupid DJ names, like all listed on there and they have like their cameras on they're having like a discussion like around like a table like a bunch of executives like what they're gonna do and and then then they're like wait the came out of acapellas in the second half of the song <laughs> and then he rapped on the leroy song too yeah exactly and it dropped like what five minutes after or something next i gotta ask something that uh, hits close to home to me because you're 17 correct yes i'm 17 right and or whenever people our age um see artists like you achieve like such incredible things there's usually like two schools of thought people fall into it's like a lot of people look at your success and think like hey if, if they can do it i can do it i'm the same age as them but unfortunately a lot of people look at you or maybe other accomplished artists of the same age and think like damn i've accomplished nothing by comparison and i'm wondering like what would you say to somebody who might be in that sort of discouraged position i i actually hear that from people a lot like Oh, I wasn't, I was like not doing anything when I was 17, but like I started making music when I was eight. So if you think about it, it's like at like April this year, it's like 10 years that I've been like actually releasing music online and like lots of people will just like start later in their life. And it's like, it took me a while to get here. And I'm just like, I started way younger. So I just had a lot of experience with it, but I could have been making better music when I was younger. If I like used my tools at hand, like watching youtube tutorials like i could have been so much better earlier on <laughs> but i was just learning it all by myself you kids you can learn like whatever you want if you just like put your mind to it and like put the actual effort into it like if you're not seeing results immediately it can be really discouraging 
and but i was just like posting music into the void for like years just i was just like so happy with releasing music and then like i hit 100 followers and i made like a special thank you video for like all my fans it was yeah i was i was just loved making music so much it was like i didn't care if i was posting it in nowhere really if you're just like doing what you love and you're doing it for fun then like that's a success I think that's a good way of looking at it because I feel like a lot of people jump to the like the instances of like um like like Jay Z not picking up a microphone until he was like twenty six or something like that. Like people like like very much like what you would consider like I mean twenty six that's still young as hell, but like yeah. people considering like oh, later on in their lives not getting into their true passions until like until they're much much older. But I feel like I feel like that's a good message of like it doesn't matter what age you are necessarily if you're just doing it to have fun with it and doing it because you love what you're truly doing that's success in and of itself i think that's a really good message everything they said is wrong they just said right now actually the reason that everyone um is like 15 in the scene is because making music is actually secretly one of the easiest things in the whole world and anybody that's bad at it uh is stupid literally yeah. an eight-year-old camo could do it why can't you get it together and uh, you mentioned the fact that you've been making releasing music for coming up on 10 years at this point and i'm wondering with so much time between your first handful of project files and now i'm wondering uh how do you look back on your earliest material up until stuff as recent as maybe like fumes i really dislike all of it um and i even dislike fumes like i think everything before gloves i don't really like as much anymore um but it's like weird because sometimes some days i'll be like i hate everything i've ever made and then some days i'm like this song i made five years ago actually kind of has a cool melody i've taken down lots of music like and re-uploaded songs before but it's weird to me like people will tell me they like my songs or like my old songs like my internet love story album from like 2018 and i'm like i hate that is like the worst thing i've ever made like why do you like really that's sir i like i love that album like that that was that was my introduction to your music i love that album that's crazy that's so insane because i like really don't like that album but i i think the artist themselves like sees their own music in a completely different way than everyone else like i love zeke's early music so much but like and i listen to it all the time but they like hate it and are now like re-uploading the file onto their old songs <laughs> like changing the course of history and they're like replacing their old songs with the new ones right now like the restoration tapes and i'm like well good thing i have these all downloaded now <laughs> yeah that's the method download all your artists favorite music and don't give them any revenue from streaming that's the method is what Kamo's telling us right now they're not on streaming services because they took them down that brings up the question of like have you ever um considered maybe taking one of your older songs from however many years ago and reworking it or retooling it in any way or no um yeah i've actually done that before like ice tea i made like t like a year and a half or two years before it came out like again because I, I had it released on an album and then i took the album down and like re started re-releasing everything 2267 also was like made around the same time as ice tea and then i got eric on it like super later on but there's definitely ideas i have sticking around for like possible new songs that were started a long time ago right yeah i, I mean like it's just interesting because you mentioned um like zeke really dislikes a lot of their older work and whatnot it's like because i remember in the zeke interview i mentioned the fact that like cartridge is my favorite song off of off of teen week but they i love that song I love that song. It's gorgeous. And they're and they're and they're like, oh, I can't listen to it anymore. And it's like, it's just it's interesting, which is like totally valid, obviously. They're the one that like made the song, but it's just interesting how different a listener and artist perspective on the same song can be. And then I understand uh you upgraded to an M1 Mac uh late last year. And did you upgrade to an M1 Max after that or are you still on the M1? I'm still on the M1. 
but I have like I have like the like the highest M1 MacBook Pro you could get with like the 16 gigs of RAM and like the silly little touch bar. I hate this touch bar. I want the keys back. Are you a fan of are you not not that big of a fan of the keyboard because I know the keyboard on those models was still kind of frustrating. This keyboard is has been really great for me until yesterday and earlier today when I was watching Zeke's interview, I realized the K key was pressing itself and I tried it <laughs> I kept trying to type farting in chat and it kept going fart king, fart king and I was like I was wondering why you were saying that. I was like why are you saying fart king? Yeah. But I don't know. This keyboard sucks now that I'm realizing it's they they tried fixing it and they, it's like better than it was before. But I I, I really want to get the M1 Max because it looks it looks cool and the screen is cool and yes so maybe i'll buy one of those but because i hate the touch bar too i'm like trying to watch trying to like turn up my volume when i'm in bed like watching a youtube video and i like just have to like trust that i'm pressing the volume button because i can't feel it yeah it's annoying right and i feel like with big hyped up releases uh like like new macbooks it's pretty easy to get caught up in all the excitement and maybe buy into a product that you don't like necessarily need uh, so I'm wondering with with what a damn near like 10 years of gear usage on your boat, what would you say are some audio or plug-in or otherwise just technology purchases that you can safely say you got your money's worth out of? Okay, these headphones are the first ever headphones I ever owned and they're the same exact ones and they've like they've been good for like so long. You can see like mm. the ear cup on them. Dude, is what the f you okay, I was like I thought you just broke them. Okay. No. They slide on and off, but the ear cup on them is like completely just like deteriorating. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and the wires come out too, which is good because the wires have broken a couple times. I've like thought about, oh, should I get new headphones? But I'm like so used to mixing on them that I just like don't think I can. And they don't even make them anymore. So I don't know how I'd get them, but these have stuck around with me for a while. I've definitely gone through way more computers. I've gone through like four laptops because I kept buying like laptops, MacBooks on Craigslist that were like, not what i wanted and i was like okay when i get this m1 i'm gonna actually spend like more money and like get a laptop that's gonna last me a long time instead of just like buying a new one because i buy like a shitty laptop so that's what i did and yes so headphones last me a while blue snowball lasted me for so long hmm. i have it right here because i was going to use it but blue snowball is really good microphone um i upgraded to a rode nt1a recently but mm -hmm. i I think parts of gloves were recorded on this. So, oh, really? Okay. I've used Logic for the entire 10 years as well and um, haven't paid for it once. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're okay. In game. We're talking in game. This is live on Twitch. Yeah, we're this, talking in game. Yeah, no, it's in game. Yeah. Right, right. I don't know what I'm allowed to say on Twitch. Yeah, in terms of, in terms of software, um, I'm, I'm wondering like uh, stuff like maybe like Pixelmator Pro or anything like that or no? Yeah, I use Pixelmator Pro. How did you know that? Uh, we're, we're, you're, you're camo. We have to. Are you, are you Nardmar? What is this? <laughs> I didn't know I used Pixelmator Pro. Yeah, I use Pixelmator Pro instead of Photoshop because um, it runs way better on the M1, and I like it. And Serum, Serum is really good. I use it for like everything I do, and OTT. Gotcha. Is OTT the savior that everybody makes it out to be? OTT is awesome. I put it on my master. People will probably think I'm crazy for that, <laughs> but I put OTT on my master chain. <laughs> I know a good handful of people in chat will be very happy to hear that because I know a lot of people do that. I yeah. put it on my master. My mastering chain is like OTT distortion. There's distortion on my master and um, like fab filter limiter. And then I turn that up a lot too. So it's like super clipping. And then uh, on the on the opposite side of that spectrum, if you can name maybe like a few gear purchases that were you can safely say now looking back or were wastes of either time, money or both. A launch pad because I thought I was going to be the next Sean Wasabi and fuck that. <laughs> it's way too hard. Um, and it broke. I got a launch pad mini and it was really bad. So 
Um, it's way harder than it looks, and I don't even use it, and it doesn't work. But um, maybe a mouse, because I literally don't make music with my mouse. I can't do it. I have to use my trackpad <laughs> on my laptop to make music. Really? Okay, even video editing? I hate video editing on a trackpad. That shit no, sucks. I, it has to be on the trackpad for me. And I, it, it got like so bad that I bought like the Apple Magic trackpad that's like a standalone. Ew, like, ew, that shit's like $100 too. Ew. I was so much money and I just, I like, maybe that's what I barely use because I was like, oh, I can make music on my desk with my trackpad now. But then I just like end up sitting in my bed anyways. I'm just using my regular trackpad. So that might have been a waste of money. Uh, on a similar note, uh, you mentioned in the past that working with Zeke uh, largely made you rethink how you made music. So I'm wondering, what do you think is the biggest difference between your approach and like, I guess, like the pre-Zeke era and what you're at now? I would just like sit in VCs, just like watching Zeke silently make like Leroy songs for like, when I first saw it, I was like, this is crazy. Like Zeke is making music at so much faster and like at a higher level than I've ever seen anyone do that before. And like, I don't know, they, the way they like write their melodies and the way they go about starting songs is so much more different than what I was doing. Cause I would just like start with like, okay, this song I'm going to do piano first or this song I'm going to do drums first. But Zeke is like, oh, I have this like granular, like oh, it's like the clout girl from TikTok and it's like ran through like three granulars and I was like, this one part sounds cool and I put in a new project and then put it in like a sampler and like did all this shit and I was like, yeah, they start, they make music in like not a linear fashion. They make it in like just very organically and it inspired me to like start making songs with weirder sounds in them and experimenting with different workflows. So just just workflow alone zeke has like taught me a lot after i like met zeke i was like i i was doing more stuff like i've never thought i would do anything that wasn't self-produced but i started like singing on other beats and stuff just doing vocals which was also inspired by zeke a lot so zeke has definitely been like my like number one inspiration <laughs> on a different note uh just two days ago uh you made a cameo on i show speeds fuc and that song coming out of nowhere the way it did uh kind of felt like a wake-up call for all of us like uh wow everything we're doing is a lot more like has like a lot bigger of a reach than like we sometimes like make it out to be uh someone you're like have there been any other instances where you've maybe like overheard classmates talking about artists from the scene or anything else like that that like kind of put the true reach of the community into perspective for you yeah i was like my school has this thing called like peer tutoring which is a class you can take where you like go into uh like a younger grades class and you like help out the teacher or whatever and do stuff and it's like just like an easy way to like not do work so i took this class and there's like i heard these two like ninth grader kids talking in the back and they started talking about like summers in can can and i was so shocked because these kids are like the nerdiest kids i've ever met in my life and they're like so concerned about their grades and then i'm like how are you why are you listening to like summers in can can and they're like asking me like i feel like that's their entire audience no i mean <laughs> they're like have you heard of have you heard of cash dami and i was like yeah i like send beats to these people like that's how do you know these people and they're like no way no way how do you do this and then my other friends who are in the class who do like other classes they were telling me like i thought no one at the school really knew about my music except for my friends but a bunch of the younger grades like think i'm like the coolest person ever according to my friend <laughs> jessica they're like she'll be like do you know I heard you know Gail. They're like asking her because they heard that she's friends with me and they're like, what is he like? Like, what is he like in person? Like, is he what he is like on his TikTok? Like, <laughs> can I talk to him? Like, can you tell him to follow me on Instagram? Like, is he like what he's like on his TikTok is hilarious. Like, what did they just expect you to hit random dances and shit like on the spot? Like, that's actually what I am at school, though. It's kind of I like 
And also all my TikToks, this is a side note, I'm, I don't wear the Exeter shirt like every single day. Like I have other shirts. It's just like, for some reason, every time I want to make a TikTok, I'm always wearing that shirt. So maybe it's something about that shirt, but. Mm-hmm. I bet Kimo's yeah. like going to like English class and across the hall here is go white boy, go like every single day. <laughs> no one says that to me. Luckily, luckily. Well, if I went to, yeah, if but... I went to hyperpop school with Kamo, I would be yelling across the hall, go white boy, go every single hyperpop. day. Is hyperpop school, is hyperpop school like a, like euphoria kind of, but just a bunch <laughs> of electronic producers walking around? <laughs> Euphoria yeah, that's what I like. Summers in the back. <laughs> yeah, no, no book, no books, only OP ones and shit. Yeah, I kind of wish I went to like an art school sometimes. Like my mom wanted to put me into an art school after high school, but like all my friends were going to like this regular high school, and I went to it. But like I really dislike my school now. Like it's our school in like my district is super like known for having like the highest like academic grades and stuff. So everything at the school is super like, okay, what are you doing? Like what university are you going to? And there's not really much creative stuff. And I failed my music production class because there was a music production class at the school and I failed because the old guy didn't like my shit. Um, but because I'm like, dude, I'm making a hyperpop. And he's like, what is this? Yeah, we were using some stupid DAW that I never used before. And I still made a banging song. It was so crazy, but he didn't like it. He was like, oh, music is rules. And recently there was a tweet from Eric in which he put out and basically saying that what's more important, like music theory or just kind of like winging it and figuring things out as you go along. And so I'm wondering, like, would you recommend that like new producers like dive into music theory and go to those institutions? Or would you say that just winging it and doing whatever sounds right to you is the best way to go? Music theory is kind of important, like just learning the basics of like key like time signatures keys minor major scales like basic stuff like that so you can figure out like it's really helpful when you're collaborating with people to like be able to talk about music within like different keys like say oh i think this should go to this note or something but really i have like the most like limited music theory knowledge i just do everything by ear and you music like institutions and schools and stuff like i don't know i've never gone to one but i I, I don't know if it's completely necessary. It depends on what kind of music you're making, but like for sure, if you're making hyperpop, you don't need to go to fucking Berkeley or anything. Like <laughs> you can like go on YouTube and search up any tutorial. You could ask your friends. You could just like poke around in your DAW and instead of spending like a lot of money to go to some music place. That's just going to like not that's that's going to be like run by a bunch of dinosaurs that don't understand what you're doing anyways. Like, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about maybe going into something like after I graduated from high school, but I like talked to people at different universities. Like I had like a meet our school had like some meeting thing and they had like a bunch of universities around and there's like one that was like, we're the music production, like electronic one. So I like went there a couple years ago and they're like. I'm like, oh, I make music. I'm thinking about maybe doing it. And they're like, oh, cool. Show me your stuff. So they like pull up my stuff on their computer. And they're like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's anything we could teach you. And I was like that because that was me like two years ago or like three years ago. And I'm looking back on it, I'm like, my music was not that good. So he's either hyping me up for no reason or you're teaching jack shit at this college. Do what you want. If you want to go to music college, I think Edgar's in like audio engineering, like more technical stuff is sometimes it's it's helpful to get like a proper education on it but i'm not going to university i'm just like making songs but so hopefully that works out yeah like like, i mean like i mean i i 
kind of talk shit on those institutions as well as someone who's going to school for film right now. Like, I, I, it's like sort of like a practice, not really like practicing what you preach or whatever. But I think there is something to be said about the fact that like, like you mentioned, like you have to, you had to work in your music production class. You had to work in probably like I don't know Pro Tools or some other DAW that you've never used before. And oh, then, even worse, it was like a web-based DAW called uh, um, Audio Tool or something. I don't remember what it is, but like exactly like tools that are becoming increasingly more relevant by the day. And then in all my classes, we're not using like Premiere Pro. We're using like Avid Media Composer and all these other things that like like are just that that's not the standard anymore. It's like yeah, it's institutions like that are always kind of slow to adopt what the future of this is meanwhile the internet is just updating constantly so i think there is something to be said about just figuring it out on your own um i think you can learn music and make music way more freely if you're not going to school for it like you'll you'll learn and you'll develop your own sound like not even realizing just by like the way you're learning things like little nuances and stuff like you can hear because I started making EDM music. You can hear like my EDM influence like all the way through all of my songs. And my new stuff I'm working on is like way more EDM influence. You can hear it for sure. But all those little things and like mistakes or like things you're doing wrong that people will tell you, oh, you can't make music like that, or this has to sound like a certain way. It's 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 way cooler to like figure out your own path and like how you're making music. When I was in high school, um, I was like thinking about going to art school and I got, I flew out <clears throat> from California to Philly, okay, to go to the, do this interview for my like, dream school. And I was like, okay, like I'm here for the interview. And I had digital art and the the interviewer was like, so do you have any like real art you could show us? Oh God. And I was like no all my art isn't i was like yeah this is real art i make it in ms paint and she was like no but like do you have any like good art that you could show us and i was like oh i already showed you and then she was like okay so what's your like biggest artistic inspiration and i said oh like i'm really inspired by like you know like digital like like digital nostalgia like y2k themes and she was like so like do you know who like van gogh is and i was like (laughs) anyway so art institutions can be silly if you if you if you have had a teacher tell you that like your art's bad they're probably wrong because like Mm. art is something that they try to like institutionalize so they can make money off of it to be real there's some really really good things you can gain out of art school or music school there's some really valuable things there but it is not the be-all end-all if you like if you if you if if you don't fit that standard. You mentioned working inside of MS Paint and then them being like, oh, that's not a valid like form of expression. Like the like I've seen like the phone that you have the phone that you have in your pocket has a better camera than what a lot of people use to make student films 10 years ago. And for some reason, a lot of institutions are like, um, shooting a film on an iPhone. Mm, I don't know about that. Like I it's it's ridiculous. It's like oh, it's, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of like you mentioned, it's a bunch of institutionalized like behemoths of like this entire industry that are trying to like keep their place in like this industry in like a constantly changing world. So yeah. Uh, on the topic of recent events, unfortunately the Oscar and friends show that you were set to perform at recently um, in Atlanta had to be postponed. Uh, but something not everyone might know about you is that you've actually performed uh, a fair, a live a fair few times before. So I'm wondering, were there any like lessons you learned in those first few live performances that you were carrying into your show in Atlanta? Um, yeah, I've, I've only performed live like twice and they're both at the same venue fortune sound club in vancouver um which is actually where i'm supposed to go see aries and break-ins in like february if that doesn't get canceled and like 
Drain Gang is going to be there in April. But it's 19 plus, right? It's 19 plus, but I, I think I could I could figure it out. But yeah, you can work your magic. Yeah, yeah. I can work. I can work in somehow. You're gonna put a big old X on your hand, and that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. My first show was on like Halloween night of 2020, which was weird because it was like everyone was like in these like little boxes on like the dance floor, and they had to like sit down. Like you couldn't like like dance or anything. And I was like DJing and it was like really weird. I sang like Ice-T Live and like some other songs to like a crowd of like literally probably like 10 people. And then like my mom and my grandma were there too. I learned like, oh shit, this is like way scarier than I thought it was going to be. And the second time I performed live, it wasn't to like an audience. It was for like a Twitch show with Yerms. And our autotune pedal was like completely messed up. Like it was so bad and like the people there it was like some other like event company that like was at fortune like doing this twitch thing they were like so uncoordinated we had like all this shit set up and they like didn't know how to do any of it that sounded really bad the performance and i was really embarrassed and so is yerms and then we got like pelican to do some editing on it and like they painstakingly like fixed all the vocals and then we sent in our file and they used the wrong file on the twitch stream <sighs> and like used the old one like like didn't have any of our edits in it so it just sounded so bad and i've never heard home switcher sound so terrible i was hoping like oh atlanta like this is gonna be my first real show i'm gonna have proper auto-tune i'm gonna sound good and then it got postponed but hopefully it happens soon um whenever it happens i'm gonna be there so well hopefully once it gets uh, more set in stone you'll have a bit easier of a time getting into the united states because i understand you had to jump through quite a few hoops uh, hoops to get into the united states in the first place right yeah where are you getting you're literally like nardwar this is crazy yeah, we're your camo. Your camo. We have to know. You're just lurking on Twitter. Fan behavior, Noah. What the hell? You're like literally right. obsessed. I had, it's literally my job. What the hell, you <laughs> fucking weirdo. Trying to get into the states right now from Canada is like way different than traveling within the United States because the border like just reopened recently and people were like allowed to drive across and there's like COVID test rules and it like it costs so much money to get a COVID test in Canada right now, like to fly. It would cost like more than the plane ticket to like get COVID tests. So it's for me to like go back and forth to Atlanta. So we, my mom was like, I figured out this like loophole. Like if you drive across the border, we don't need one entering. We just need one for coming back so we can get it for free in Atlanta to make sure we don't have COVID because it's free down there. And then uh, on a similar subject, uh, what would you say are some of the biggest cultural divides you noticed between you and your American friends? I know one of them is that we don't have Tim Hortons over here. Oh yeah, Tim Hortons is good. I get it. I used to get it like every single morning before school because my Tim Hortons, there's like my school's right here and then there's a crosswalk and then the Tim Hortons is right next door and it's like the best thing in the world. And I would like order on my phone while I was on the school, like on the bus. Their food is kind of like weird. They switched their eggs recently um, and it, they suck now. But they used to have like these like the powdered like yellow eggs and they switched to like real cracked eggs, but it has like no flavor now and it's bad. And all my friends hate the eggs and they should turn it back because I hate it. And Tim Hortons has ruined everything that I like. On the subject of traveling, uh, something we've seen more artists in the community experience as they continue to grow is working with others in a studio environment for the first time rather than just doing everything in their bedroom over the Internet. Uh, so I'm wondering, like, do you have any anxiety or reservations about recording with others or like producing in front of other people in that environment? so much i went to a studio for the first time in vancouver like last year with yerms it was like the first time we had met was we were going to the studio together and there was a engineer there and she was like kind of new and didn't really know like everything about everything we were doing yet and 
So, but once she got it all figured out and like, I was like in the booth recording, I was like, this is, I've never recorded in front of like three people staring at me like through glass before. And I'm like sitting there and I was like forgetting my lyrics and like forgetting my melodies and it took me so many tries and it like ended up not even sounding good. And, and then like the engineer like left for like the last hour, me and Yerms were there and we just like plugged our laptop into the interface and made like a full song in like a quarter of the time it took us <laughs> to make like a full song. So we're like, we, we realized that like the traditional studio, like recording method just like doesn't lend well to lots of our techniques. We do we're like recording bar for bar or like we're doing, it's a different workflow altogether than like traditional recording methods. So, and it's, yeah, it's definitely like super anxiety inducing because there's like all these people and you're used to like just you by yourself or like friends on discord so i think the uh, i think the lesson there is i guess just like if you ever do end up going to a studio with like people with other people i guess just like trying to make sure you have friends with you because it sounds like uh, like yarms being there sounded like it helped like a good bit uh and then uh, on a similar note considering you're one of relatively few people in the community that use logic i can imagine you've had to work with quite a few others that use either fl or ableton so i'm wondering like what is the most like scuffed project file you've had to work in um oh scuffed project file because i know the home switcher one was pretty fucked home switcher was so strange zeke <laughs> i don't know how zeke did it but they completely like i wasn't even finished recording my vocals and i like i planned on recording like more and then they just like looped my i just fell silent when it's they just like looped that for the whole drop but i was like i was like okay this is what i have so far i'm gonna go record and then they like sent back this and i'm like how did you do that? Like, this sounds so good. I'm not even going to record it anymore. But the Home Stitcher one started, like, the production I did on it was, like, I added some melody stuff, and I did, like, the whole intro build-up section, and I let Zeke handle the drop. So that project file is, like, the craziest thing that's ever happened because Zeke doesn't even have it anymore. Like, they didn't even save it. And then that song, like, got, like, a million streams on Spotify. And it's so funny because you can hear, like, I Zeke didn't even have like my acapella. They just had like my voice like on the beat. So they had to like mix it in somehow. And then they made harmonies with my vocals like on the beat. So they used like AI to strip the instrumental out, I think, or something. <laughs> and then like I don't know. It's, it was like me and Zeke were like we we weren't as close as we are now. And it was like the first we had only talked for like a, a few like maybe a month or a couple weeks beforehand. And it was because the first song we made together was Nightmare Before Christmas, which is on like the UBC page, um, which was really fun. So we're like, let's make another song. We made that song like super quickly doing pop stuff. I can't say too much about it right now, I don't think. But some like a pop artist I've been working with, I got stems from like their session and they were like the most perfect stems and labeled things i've ever seen in my life because it's like came out of like a professional studio and i just turned it into like the worst most convoluted thing ever and i somehow had to be like naming every single track so i could send them the stems back to get it mixed and i was like flange shit synth um this is like loud snare and quiet snare and this one is like the glitchy vocal and this is glitchy vocal too it's like project files are not my strong suit i lose them all the time because i name like gloves is named like poop shit fart or something like on my computer and i can never find it and i have to like memorize everything like i have so many songs project files that have like poop and fart but the reason my song gloves is called gloves is because of a drake acapella and i um made that beat 
and then the first intro, and then where it breaks down is the little synth. It, it went into um, 2C slide, Drake acapella. And it was like, black leather gloves, no sequence. And that first line, was it's he says gloves in it. So I just put that in the file name and put it on my private SoundCloud when I was working on it. And that's how the song, like, titled Gloves stuck. I like the line where I say gloves, like, came after it. Because I was like, I like the title, so I have to write a line that matches with the title. So that's how... Like the chicken and the egg, but it's a Drake acapella, apparently. And then no matter how many artists you discover, it seems like there's always going to be like a hundred more that you miss like a month earlier, maybe. So uh, if you could pick a handful of uh, artists to put our listeners onto right now, who would you pick? You guys need to listen to BB is really good. Um, Listen to Lance and because Lance is like crazy and Lance's vocal music is really good and they need to release more vocal music. But shout out Lance. Hey, hi, K-Bye is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. You probably already know Zeke, so I'm not going to say Zeke, but listen to Zeke. Zeke's so good. Quantic is so underrated. Mm-hmm. Listen to Quantic. Quantic is so underrated. Quantic is so good. Um, Their album is so good. I might be in there somewhere, um, but that's a Canopsia is going to be a really good album. Scarlet. I think Zeke said Scarlet. Scarlet's really good. Carbine is really crazy. Carbine kind of like was in the, um, I'm not going to say the word but that scene and um (laughs) then they like kind of went off on their own thing and they started making like they developed their own sound and it's crazy carbine i found carbine from goop house because carbine was in goop house and i found i found their music and oh my god it's like when i found it i was like how 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 does this like how is this not like the most popular song in the whole world it's so good i remember a while back i got a dm from just like a random person just out of nowhere just being like hey what did they say uh they said hi you should really interview carbine i saw your message about having them on once some time ago and it sounded really exciting they have a great mind and i know they will be big and i cannot agree more i think odyssey is really cool too shout out my friend Audi. um he makes really good music and he used to make all the songs on fl studio mobile so that's insane um, shout out nyquick he also uses a fucking uh mobile nikki watkins um for her song the joke is on you which is in this one icarly episode um and she was like a sync songwriter for like victorious and icarly and that song's really good so shout out nikki watkins imogen heap is really crazy if you don't listen to her it's like a big inspiration for me uh reading writing and arithmetic by the sundays that's a really good album those those are all the people i would say to listen to and twerk nation of course of course of course twerk nation and heart stop miami Yes, go on. Incredibly, incredibly. And tropes. And tropes, yes. And abstract. Abstract beats. Abstract and abstract beats, yeah. And then uh, on a similar note, uh, you mentioned earlier in the stream that you'd want to collaborate with uh, Phoebe Ridgers and Yeet, which is quite a duo there at some point in the future. Um, But you've collaborated with like quite a few more people throughout the years, uh, but I can imagine there's still plenty more you want to work with. Uh, So if you could pick a handful of dream collaborators, like who would they be? Can anybody like dead or alive? Number one has to be Sophie. Um... And, like, Skrillex was a really huge influence on me. Like, Skrillex is crazy. So, for sure, Skrillex. Echo 2K and Blade, like, that would be insane. Uh, the 1975, Beba Doobie, same, like, people I said earlier. And, and Elite Seek, because we make really good songs together. So, yes, yeah, Dream Collaborator. Awesome. And then uh, finally, you've come a really, really long way in 2021 alone, and I'm beyond confident they have a really, really bright future ahead of you. So with a whole year spread out in front of you, what are you looking to accomplish in 2022? 
2022, I'm going to drop more than two songs this year. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot more music to put out. Also more music videos out with those songs, of course. Hopefully play some more live shows, which would be awesome. I want to drop more music. That's the number one thing. I'm going to drop more songs this year because I didn't drop enough last year. So yes, 2022, I'm going to accomplish that. And I'm also going to get verified on Instagram, hopefully. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Can, can we expect a project coming from you this year or no? Um, I, I can't say. Gotcha. Okay. But maybe or may or maybe, I may or may not maybe, be maybe. dropping an EP or something. Ooh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, or an album. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. All right. Um, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us today.